Greetings, darklings, from across the interwebs. It is once again I, the Duchess, Precious Ken, joining you on this lovely World Goth Day. And I have an exciting interview coming up that I'm going to introduce and talk to you about. But first, I have an unboxing. I love unboxings. This is great. Um, sent to me uh, from my dear friend William with his new uh, company, Moon Coil Media. If you're a band that uh, is looking for some extra promotion um, and trying to get the word out about a new release you have, great person to work with and check out. But he just sent me a big stack of CDs for us to look through and review here. Um, like one that I have reviewed before, this is the Neuro Farm. Uh, and we have uh, Dual, it looks like, uh, Neon Apocalypse, and Autumn Tears. Um, so those are things to look for and get a hold of William and DJs. Make sure that you are on his list. Um, so this is an exciting interview of somebody that I feel, you know, as the goth renaissance has come about, um, one of the big parts is that it's splintered off into so many genres and in smaller parts, but this is somebody who I think really puts the rock back in Gothic rock. Um, they are uh, a phenomenal guitar player, a true axe master. And uh, so having them on the show to talk about kind of that part of the scene is very exciting. I have with me of the band Black Angel, Matt Vowles. Matt, welcome to the show. Ken, hello. How are you doing? Thank you very much for inviting me along to come chat with you. Yeah. No, I'm I'm doing okay for being uh, hungover as hell from uh, World Goth Night. World Goth Day, yes. It's yeah. a special weekend. I'm not getting any younger for it either, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so, Matt, I, I'm excited. You've had quite a few in a short time period, albums coming out that have been really successful. As a matter of fact, I really love to, you've done vinyl runs and tried to do some really interesting new things with merch that I don't see everybody else doing. Um, so I want to get to talking about that, but let's start out for maybe our listeners that aren't as familiar with you. Tell me a little bit about the history of the band, Incarnation, and, and a little bit of your personal history so people can get to know you. So we've been, so I'm, a, I'm from England. Uh, I was born in really? uh, the, yeah, funny that. It might be something to do with the accent. Uh, I was born in 1970, so I'm plus 50 now. Uh, I kind of got into, in the early 80s, I was new romantic. It was all Duran Duran, Spandau Ballet. And I have a, an older brother who was a complete uh, cure uh, maniac, and he still is. And he turned me on to the cure and Susie and the clash. And I started going to goth clubs, and it, it just started like a, a lifelong love of this genre of music and then over the years because I work I work in the entertainment industry I'm a, I'm a, a sound supervisor and a re-recording mixer for one of the major studios here in LA and film has also been a big part of my life um, and so I, I'd worked as a producer with various bands and my own acts across a couple of decades and I got tracks placed in films and TV shows and stuff but it was never there was never a real satisfaction to it uh, I was it was successful but it wasn't you know it wasn't it wasn't really making me that happy yeah so um, 
about four years ago I decided to start the Black Angel project and the idea of the project was for me to put down all of my you know synthesizers and computers and all that kind of stuff and just go back to you know just the guitar and an amplifier and just start writing riffs and songs and see what happens and there wasn't even any uh, kind of outlook that I was going to put it on Bandcamp or release it on Spotify, iTunes or any of that. I just want to start start kind of writing. And I started writing and I had more and more and more songs and I got together with our first vocalist and, you know, we, we produced this first album. And thank God for uh, Bandcamp. I mean, for, for us, Bandcamp is amazing. It's just, you know, as, ev- as everybody knows, it means we can put out merchandise and I think the difference between Bandcamp and then Spotify and iTunes is the people on Bandcamp they really want to listen to that music you know they they look they look for music they look for what they want and they're really happy to support you you know they'll 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 buy your CD they'll buy your album or whatever merch you have you have on there and I guess the reason I like it the most is there's a personal connection you know everybody that buys our stuff I write to them personally I thank them and it it builds up these these um these, these sort of friendships, even though we're not kind of face to face, you know, there's a connection. And when they, they get right. in touch with you, you know who they are and you can talk yeah. to them. And, and, and that's really kind of that's really kind of special. So that's how the first album started. And I'm a bit of a workaholic. So as soon as I finish the first one, I tend to start the second one and then I just keep going. So that's how in in like four years we've done four albums. We're doing we're doing one a year. And in fact, the last one was like after six or seven months. So it's, I don't want to kind of do it too fast and rush it and it's like i'm just peddling this stuff out but i, I really really just love the process and so it's uh even though it's a it's a kind of a one-man band where i'm the for right now the, so, the kind of is, yeah. yeah writer engineer producer mastering engineer publicity label you know you, you name it yeah yeah uh hopefully i'm not it's hopefully it's not kind of you know jack of all trades master of none and you know we're doing something but i really i just love what what we do and so i'm just going to keep on doing it until i guess i get just kind of bored of doing it well i can say definitively you are doing it well um and i wouldn't say it's a you know master of none your production levels are always incredible i love hearing the new albums coming out um and I have a couple of quick follow-up questions here from things yeah. that you said. Number one, and this might put a bad tone to the interview right off the bat, I'm not sure, but um, as you are from England, um, I happen to be one of the Americans that uh, follows Premier League soccer. Uh, uh-huh. having big into it. Do you have a team that you follow which might totally change my voice and tone on this interview. <laughs> I, you know, for me, football, it's, I, I did it growing up. I loved it. Um, I think I'm actually from Bristol in the Southwest of England. So if I have okay. a team, it's going to be Bristol, you know, uh, okay. are you like Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs, United, it's Man U? Than, it's worse. Than, it's worse than that. Um, but Bristol is safe. That's a great one. Uh, no, actually, I'm a Chelsea Blues supporter. Okay. So it's yeah, a yeah, tough yeah. time for us right now. But <laughs> yeah, back in um, back in the '80s, Bristol City they were well. Then it was the first division. There wasn't any. It wasn't called Premiership, yeah. and they were a great team. And over the years, they just kind of gradually went down and down and down and down. They've kind of sort of stayed there. Uh, and they're sort of going back up a bit. I think they're they're in the second division. Or yep. Just missed out on the first, but you know, home team is uh, got to sure. got to support them. And apart well, from I'm, that, 
Okay. Yeah, I'm just glad. I think we're cool then. I think we're cool. I have no, we're you good. know, it's not like you said like Liverpool or, you know, United or something like that. Then we what, might have had a problem. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then next follow-up question here is, um, you know, you kind of talked about this is, a lot your baby and you you know putting things out for it but you do have a new lineup for these last week that you are working with can you shout out your band uh really quick and what the other people are doing yes totally um so yeah like i say i'm the main uh songwriter i have had you know we have worked with other artists over the years in fact on the first album i wrote with uh, a, a bunch of different people and for example on the first album poison uh, was written by uh, Julie Lynn, and she did a great job. And she did also worked. She also did uh, "Put Your Lips on Me" uh, mm-hmm. off off "Kiss of Death." Uh, and she, she she did a great job, and she's a really good, really good songwriter. And then I think uh, over the over the last couple of albums, I've kind of done more myself, not for any particular reason whatsoever. It's just I've, yeah. I've just kind of completely got into it. But on our second album, which was Kiss of Death, we changed direction slightly with the vocalist. And I had looked for a new vocalist for literally months and months and months, and I'd almost given up. And then along came Corey, uh, Corey Landis, mm-hmm. who is who was, is the vocalist and is the current vocalist. And long may he remain uh, the vocalist. Yes. Hello, Corey. You are fantastic. Um and so yeah, he's done it. He's done a, just an amazing job on the last three uh, albums, and it's now kind of part of the Black Angel sound. So yeah. you know, without Corey, it's not. It's now not going to be really uh, Black Angel. So Corey, please don't leave us, okay? You know, because we need I, you. I remember um, after the first time we were talking, and I remember you reaching out to me and kind of saying, "Hey, Ken, do you know anybody or have anybody that might?" Wait? And I was just so glad to hear when you had, and I agree, I now associate Corey's voice so much with what you do. They are, they're so intertwined now in terms of the music and, and their vocals. So Yeah, I was totally lucky to find him. I, you know, I just didn't, didn't think it was going to happen, but, but it did. And, and, and he's great. And we work well together. Uh, and he's just a, a, such a nice, nice guy as well. And a very, very talented actor. If you haven't watched... Uh, a show called The Offer on Paramount about the making of The Godfather. Uh, I, just, he, I haven't watched it, but I have seen the previous sort and have been meaning to check it out. Yeah, he has a part. He has a part in that as an agent. Uh, so you'll it's, you'll spot him in that. Yeah, and that's, that's that's a really really good show. And then also, I, to really to give a shout out to Manisha Jones. Manisha Jones is I I don't like using the word backing singer, uh, mm-hmm. but she she does she does do additional female vocals, additional vocals uh, yeah. on it. And also we in the past. Uh, we've had Aris and we've had uh, Anne Courtney, who's in a really cool band called Mother Feather. Um, but yeah, Manisha is our is I guess our main additional vocalist, and she she is a, a wonderful person and really really great to to work with. So yeah, that that's really the you know the core of of, of what is Black Angel. Beautiful. So the next thing I want to follow up on is, as you mentioned, I mean you you're someone who has moved around and kind of gone a part of the scene, and I'll tell you what especially these last couple albums, something I associate you with is what I call LA goth. And even though I mean, you're from, you have to me, I don't know, that blend of like early, you know, mission sisters, you know, that's it. But then with kind of a Motley Crue, like glamour goth vibe, you know, leather and glitz and the sunset strip. And 
I hear that in your music and I really love with a band uh, when I can kind of associate them with a particular place or image conjured in my mind when I hear their music. Um, I, I know that, like I said, you've lived there now, right? I've spent time over in California. Um, tell me a little bit about how that has affected maybe the way that you think of Black Angel and music. Uh, yeah, I've been in L.A. for 15 uh, years now. Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm mainly here or we're mainly here with my you know, wife and family for, for the sunshine and for, for work. You know, we, we've both worked in the film industry and we continue to work in the film industry. So we, this is kind of essential that we're here. Um, I, actually, I actually thought we kind of sounded... Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I do try and pull influences from when I sit down and write. I, don't, I never want to try and copy... No, and, no. Main, and mainly because I can't. Uh, you got you got Bauhaus sisters, Susie. Uh, for me, these are just the epitome of you know the Gothic sound. Sure. And it's impossible to not be influenced by things you love. You know that's yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally. So there was no there's no kind of intentional thing to have the the rock side, but Black Angel are definitely more Gothic rock than Gothic. I think Gothic has a very particular set of sounds in it and the way you know guitar sounds and bass sounds and drum sounds for me traditionally not say it's wrong or right but for me traditionally you know that's what I associate with the gothic sound um but yeah I we try and add a bit more uh I guess I I was gonna say it's a bit more kind of punk but it is rock and it's just more energy I think I think I just want to kind of put more more guitars in it. I'm definitely a Sisters fan in terms of like Floodland, yeah. um, and uh, you know any any of their tracks where it's more guitars, like on more, that you know the guitars on that are amazing. And I'm de- I think that's what I associate with Gothic rock, and that's what I try and put you know back into it. And I imagine. What, you know, when I was a lot younger, uh, there was a club called The Whip in Bristol, um, in England, and they would always play a lot of the cult, and they always had like a bit of a mosh pit in the middle, and I was always so influenced by that, and it was, it's, I always imagine these tracks, what would they sound like in a club really loud, and would I want to get up and dance to it, you know, so that's, sometimes that's how I kind of judge whether, you know, songs should even be on the album, so that's, I kind of, I think that's where the rock side of, of, of it comes from for Black Angel. Now, do you have those moments like, you, you know, you'll go out to maybe like a, a goth night or a club there in California? Because I've had that, you know, where I go to and they play an Amaranth song and it, it really is. It's kind of this special experience of, holy shit, that's me, that's happening. Um, and I know you'd had a lot of, like you said, we heard your things in TV shows or, or films before, stuff like that. But have you ever had those moments where you pictured what it would sound like in a club and then you get there in a club, like walk in and boom, your song's playing and and you get to really experience that and see people on the dance floor enjoying it? I've I've pictured it, but I've never done it. Uh, and I'd love to do it. I do. I have asked DJs before if they play the song to kind of record a clip on the phone and yeah. send it to me and stuff. And that's so nice when you see people, you know, on the dance floor to, to dance into your music. But I've not experienced it, but I, I really would like that. So well, you know I, what? I think I'm I need gonna to do it now. I'm going to have our uh, chaos uh, DJ, my friend, play a, a Black Angel song, and I'll I'll take some video of it for you, so you can uh, breathe that's cool. that in and experience it. That's <laughs> very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool of you. So 
kind of like we've been saying, uh, to me, a big part of why, what makes you unique and makes this work is the guitar work and the tone. And things have changed, as you've said, a lot um, in terms of, you know, take the Sisters Floodlands where you had, you know, uh, Fender Jazz tube amp, you know, mic through and play, you know, it had a very distinct, unique sound that kind of, to me, said goth. And I think you right. guys capture a lot of that. Do you do it in more of a digital way now? And what does your guitar rig and setup when you're recording, uh, walk me through it and tell me what that looks like or the types of uh, modules or anything that you use? I tend to use um, I tend to use a, a company called Line Six, and I use I'm just looking at the stuff now. I use a I use a, a box called Amplify, uh, Amplify TT, which I can basically control from my iPad, which is right here. So I tend to the good thing about Amplify uh, uh, Amplify TT and using the iPad is you can go on there and you can type in uh, you know Daniel Ash or which never comes up unfortunately, or you can put in Billy Duffy, who is the rock god guitar hero of sure. all time, apart from Jimi Hendrix. And then, so I download a bunch of tones and I start just playing through. And if there's a sound that I associate with or I think is cool for a riff, I store it. And I just, at the beginning of an album project, I don't like, or I try not to make everything the same as the last album. I do, I make, I make, I may uh, bring up the sessions. I work on uh, Logic Pro uh, yeah. and I may, I may bring up, or actually I'll, I'll listen to the last album and I'll make notes of any particular guitar sounds or tones or bass tones that I really liked. And I'll just go back in and I'll just make a note of what they are because they'll probably come up again on this album. But I do like to start afresh um, on each album project. Uh, yeah. And like I say, I use, I use a Line 6 for that. Um, I use a, what is it down there? I use a Pod uh, HD 500 for bass. And, and everything's all linked through computers. Uh, I'm not... I think if I had more time and more patience, I would probably, and more money, I'd probably buy more amplifiers and, and maybe play more. But I sure. I'd kind of come from a producing background, so I kind of have the idea of, of the tone I want in my head anyway, and I'll go search it and just try and find the sound that, that I want. And then I just store all of these banks uh, on various kind of computers and devices um, and then and just kind of start writing writing from there. What about your guitar? Is there a particular uh, guitar or couple that you really uh, stand by and like to use? I do. I'm just going to grab it. Yeah. I just. Let's see. Uh... Oh, that's pretty. This is the one we I had like in our a live video. Yeah. It, it unfortunately it's not a Gibson. It came from China, but it is active and has active pickups. And when you plug it in and you turn it up, the feedback on this thing. Uh, you know, like Nigel Tufnell says, you can go and have a bite. Uh, it's the, the sustain on this is really incredible. And then my main, this is my main writing guitar. And I bought this, this is a $100 Squire, Fender Squire guitar, it's a hundred bucks. I bought it for my son to play the guitar and he didn't want to play it. And it's a, it's a mini, it's a short, yep. it's a short guitar. And I write nearly everything on this thing, I, I don't know what it is because we've got there's two of, two of these in the house. There's yeah. I bought my my son a replacement and I put it on his wall of which he still never played it, uh, and that thing is it just plays like a piece of junk. But there's just something about this guitar which just plays so well, and uh, I love it. I hear you. sometimes it's psychological on that. I have a old 
um, Gibson acoustic that I'm the same way. I write almost everything on, God, that guitar has to be 30 years old. I think I got it for a couple hundred bucks or something, but there's just something about, I don't know, it feels familiar. It feels right, it, you know, and you, you just get that in your head, you know, that like, this is what, when I'm writing, I need to have it feel like this. Totally, totally. But I got a, there's a, there's a whole wall full of guitars and basses and stuff down there. And I'd like to think I can play them all. In fact, that's a, an interesting story. On the last video we did, uh, when we did uh, Look Me in the Eye, one mm. of the, uh, Brittany, who played our uh, uh, bass player, who was the, the model for the shoot, she, she said, oh, show me how you play this, this riff for the song. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll be totally honest. I, I can't remember. If we were, if, if you said, okay, pick a song, I'd have to sit down and for half an hour and try and work out how I played it because I tend to write it, record it, right. and then forget about it. And so when we have to play live, which hope you know, I hope we're going to be able to do more. Mm -hmm. I got to basically just learn everything again because yeah. I, I can't, I can't pick up a guitar and just kind of, you know. Shred. Honestly, I think with like the pandemic and like what the last few, I bet that's really common for a lot of bands because. People are still putting out albums, but you're just not touring with them in the same way or playing right. out on the regular. And if you're not, you're right. You've already moved on to something new before you really go through what might be the normal process of spending a whole year playing sets and everything of those songs where the muscle memory gets permanently ingrained. Exactly. And I think that's why we've put out, you know, almost an album a year. Obviously, the, the pandemic the pandemic isn't four years long but we kind of start we we did the first album got into the second one then the pandemic struck and we didn't have chance to go play or uh tour or do anything like that so we've just kept writing and releasing and writing and and releasing um and i guess at some point we'll have to actually play yeah and and, and relearn everything you know i i hear that i i'm with you on it so the next thing i want to jump into is you mentioned this uh you have a new album out uh, that we've talked about. You've had a couple of singles on it that have uh, made it to uh, either winning or uh, had one that is currently looks like it's going to win on the uh, Sounds and Shadows Dark Scene single chart. And the new album is called The Black Rose. Uh, tell me a little bit about what is, you know, different or what you did um, for this album and, and why it's special to you. Uh, this one, I wanted a slightly different sound. Um, the, our first album, The Widow, and then The Widow Extended, because I basically <clears throat> finished The Widow and then took it down because I didn't like how it sounded. I, I, I needed to remaster it, and I put some remixes on and stuff so people didn't feel like, oh, I just bought this. Why am I you know, buying this again, which is I, I, I totally get. We, after we, Kiss of Death was the second album, and that had, to me, that's probably our most, like, gothic traditional gothic rock sounding yes. album i think it with tracks like animal it's definitely heavily influenced by uh sister mercy sound ish or that kind of feel and then for a third album prince of darkness i wanted this more concept feel and i wanted a story from beginning to end which is why the album has actually an introduction an interlude and an outro and it has this character the prince of darkness who kind of is carried all the way through and then i thought well for the fourth for the for the for the black rose i didn't know whether we were getting a bit kind of you know boring or a bit stale and we were kind of doing like you know 
concept albums and it's like i need to i need to Prop make this that. a bit more raw yeah i just want to make it a bit more raw and sure. i wanted to kind of go back to what i i ideally started with so it, this one is more definitely influenced by bauhaus just in terms of like daniel ash guitar sort yeah. of style i'm using the um the uh uh, uh what do you call it uh, the ebo a lot mm-hmm. more uh, in this, and I really, I really like the sound and and what it does. You know what it does. The Ebo with this, with these active pickups, it just has this great tone and sustain and stuff. So I was trying to do more, more of that, and just be a, a little bit more maybe developed, not necessarily yeah. just in terms of, of, of uh, like songwriting, but also production. I always try to up my game every album we do because you know we're all we're all always learning, you know through the process. Yeah. And so I like to just each album just it needs to sound a little bit better. It needs to maybe sound a little bit more sophisticated. It can still be simple, but it's got to be sophisticated. And like the videos as well. The videos, the production value has got to be higher, you know, yeah. each time. So I, I, I don't know what we're going to be doing for our next album. If it doesn't look like th- Michael Jackson's Thriller, then, you like, know, I'm just going to give up. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, that is something that really impresses me is you are constantly, and I guess this makes sense because of your background in film and TV and production and whatnot and being in LA, but you are constantly throwing out new, really high quality, really cool videos. When you talk about everything you do in terms of being producer, promoter, songwriter, all these things, how much influence is, is the video all you two, like storyboarding or come up with an idea? Or is that something you usually get a director or something like that to handle? No, I pretty much do. I pretty much do that. Uh, we have a great, uh, I use a great DP and uh, cinematographer called Andrew Giordano. And he did, uh, he did Look Me in the Eye. The other video... Um, all or nothing. I I did with my help of my wife Catherine. Um, so it it depends. It sometimes and I can I can I can see the the where the look has changed as well if I use a professional DP. But essentially, yeah, I I do everything there. I produce it. I cast the people. I come up with the stories. Uh, I come up with the locations. Um, the only thing I don't do is my my awesome wife Catherine. She helps me sometimes with the the camera work. I also went before I I got into film. Before I went to film school, I I was going to be a photographer. So I have that kind of background as well. So I will often do the the camera work, and then after yeah, I do all the editing and the I, I send out the visual effects. Like in Look Me in the Eye, our, our, our main uh, actress Anna, her pupils are blacked all the way through you know the, yeah. like these devil these devil eyes and so I, I did send that out to get done because it's too it just takes too long for me to do that but yeah essentially i'm a bit of a one-man band in terms of the video production as well because i i just i don't think it's a selfish thing i just it's a creative thing and i just like having i guess control of it i've been in so many bands over the years where and rightly so everyone has a fair kind of input and you it's very democratic but this project i just because i'd done that for so long i just wanted to do something that kind of made me happy doing it so even though it can be you came back and did this for your heart so you want to have it look like sound like and be what what your vision was yeah exactly yeah so so yeah and and i love it i love it so so i'm gonna uh, do a left turn real quick because you've talked a lot about um 
you know, movies and being involved in TV and whatnot. I'm kind of curious as to just for people getting to know you a little bit better. Are there any movies or shows uh, that you've uh, been into lately that I don't know, you feel, you know, maybe also were an influence on you uh, from that side of it towards the music you make, maybe? Uh, my favorite movie in the whole world is Spinal Tap. And I can watch Spinal Tap over and over and over again. And myself and my uh, mixed partner, Lyle Engel, at Warner Brothers, we will just start reciting the, you know, the, the whole movie. We'll just pick a scene and we'll just start, you know, riffing off each other. Um, it's just, and I think I'd, I would just love to be in Spinal Tap. And I would love to go on tour with Spinal Tap. You know, it's just, it's just, it's one of the only movies I think I can put on and watch over and over and over again. It's just, the writing is, is incredible. And they're coming back with this Spinal Tap 2 40th anniversary version. I don't know if that's a good idea. Because yeah, I always get just... worried about things like that. But who knows? Maybe, maybe it will be fun. Now, going along with that Spinal Tap concept, I know something recently that both is kind of tapped into goth and definitely plays an homage to Spinal Tap. Have you ever watched the What We Do in the Shadows? Oh, the TV show? Well, the movie and the TV show. Yeah, both. I, you know, I've, I've watched little bits of it and I was actually hoping to get some music placed uh, on the TV show, oh, wow. uh, of which, ha which hasn't happened yet, but uh, uh, it would be nice soundtrack. to. Yeah, exactly. And it's so cool when, they, when, when shows like this use, you know, use goth tracks and, and, and you know, and music from that, from that genre. So, yeah, hopefully there's going to be some more. Well, if you like Spinal, I do highly recommend uh, checking that show out. I think you would really vibe that it. it has that same kind of energy. Uh, anything else like that that you, you find really interesting uh, in TV or movies lately that, you know, you, I don't know, get excited and kind of find inspiring? I no, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say inspiring. I um, but I do love movies. I work in the movie business every every day. Some you know sometimes it's nice to come home and just shut that off because that's what I've been doing for the last nine hours. Especially if you're in a uh, on a on a dub stage at like eighty five decibels and it's just it just hits you all day long. The last thing you want to do is is uh, you know sit down and, and watch more. But yeah, I'm a total movie buff and. That's one. That's the one of the reasons I got into this industry is because of the the love of movies. And one thing I do at the moment, uh, one of the things I do is movie uh, sound restoration. So we'll oh. take a classic movie like Mad Max, or I just did Poltergeist last week, and we'll just very carefully restore it into you know into into what the, the you know the best it can be. And that's I, I, I feel, it feels a real honor to be able to do that. That's a clap. Like Poltergeist messed me up when I was a kid. That was one of those movies I saw when I was very young. That like the tree scene and stuff. That still gets to me. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's awesome. And I never thought about that before. Kind of like I used to live with a chef, who, you know, he'd get done with a ten-hour shift. You know, he was a drummer for Amaranth starting out, and get home, and then he would just always eat like a Burger King chicken sandwich because right. <laughs> he had spent his whole day making duck à l'orange. And the last thing he wanted to do was like screw around with cooking in any capacity once he got home. So that makes sense. Like, I feel that, that if you're working on a set all day, you get home and you're like, oh, I can't even cope with trying to watch TV right now. I need to totally. do something active and engaged. I don't want to stare at a screen. Totally, totally. 
So we have now reached the part of the interview where we're a music review page at Sounds and Shadows, first and foremost. So I always like to hear from uh, an artist um, that's in the scene and that I enjoy. What are you listening to and enjoying um, that is kind of also getting you excited in the scene, whether it's somebody you've worked with or just somebody you enjoy and you uh, play and hear? I think so. There's a, there's a couple actually, and I, and I uh, th this is a band that I actually don't know anything about, and maybe you do. It's a band called False Figure, and they mm -hmm. had they had an, an EP out called A Promised Land, and I'm not sure how I landed on it because I don't really I don't spend a lot of time kind of listening to stuff on on sure. Bandcamp, but uh, I came across it and I thought that the band had a really really cool energy, um, and so I would definitely I would definitely if for anyone who hasn't check that out and there was another one i was listening to re recently which was um strap on halos on yeah, their ep uh there's a track called perish and layla renner's uh vocal on that is just really so good yeah. uh it's really cool um and you know that's that's a, a really that's a really good track what else have I been listening to? I, actually, I do want to give a shout out to one one. It's actually a radio station that I listen to. Like I say, I'm a t I'm an eighties kid, and there's a radio station called uh, Gem Radio New Wave. Uh, it comes out of it's a it's an internet radio station. It comes out of Dublin in Ireland, and it's twenty four hours of of new wave and alternative music. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no commercials, and there's nobody talks, and it just plays for twenty four hours. And I have it on the house pretty 24 hours and it drives everybody in my house nuts because it's like oh god have we got this on again dad you know and you know i have it on all the time so if you like if you like new wave and alternative and when i say you know alternative pretty much anything from the 80s from the smiths to the yeah. cult to the damned anything like that uh it's a really really good station to to check out and i listen to it all the time and it's really cool very cool, very cool. And, and that's great. I, I love that you shouted out a radio station on there and something because that is such an important part of our scene now as to, like you said, there's so many bands, just so much huh. happening all the time and trying to find a way to maybe something that you particularly are interested in um, can be hard to find in the tidal wave of all the new music on Bandcamp and things happening. Um, so before we uh, get to the point where we're going to spin out here, I do want to ask, what are you excited for, for Black Angel coming up here in the future? I mean, you have the new album out, um, you have uh, new singles and videos that you've been doing. If we're having a conversation a year from now, what do you want to be telling me and excited about of what's happened for Black Angel? Okay, uh, Okay. so we're a year from now, so we've finished our next album, which is called, it's either called Crimson Black or Devil in a Black Dress. I normally, I normally have all my album titles all laid out, like in all the years, you know, in front of me. Yeah. So I know what the next two are going to be, and I knew what the last four were going to be. I had all their names sorted out like five years ago. So if we talk in a year's time, then we've... Finished, we've just finished our new album, which I've already started writing now. Um, we we're on the bill for Cruel World for next year. Yeah. Even if awesome. even even if it's just on the baby stage and the first people on, we want to be. You know, we I I really just love to be on that on that bill. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool because I went to it last week and I think the Bauhaus performance could possibly be the best performance I've ever. Ever seen. I heard a lot of people saying that. We're blown away. Um, 
You know, I saw a couple years back, it was just David J and Peter Murphy um, playing in Chicago. Uh, so it, it wasn't everyone, um, but just incredible to, to, I heard and saw video of people going to it that were blown away with how Bauhaus sounded. It was, I, I saw Bauhaus a couple of years ago here in LA. Uh, to be honest, I was so hammered, I can't remember the second half of the set, and I, I don't remember get, even getting home. But and, and So I couldn't have been that impressed. And I think part of the Bauhaus show at Cruel World, they were on the big stage, it was night, the light show was incredible. But the best thing about it was the sound. I mean, Daniel Ash, for, a, for what was a, what looked like just the four, four of them up there, mm-hmm. just sounded really, really incredible. And my favorite has always been in 1985, I went to see The Cure in Birmingham in England. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my favorite performance. But this was just, you know, it, it was phenomenal. It was really, really good. So anyway, sorry, go back to the question. No, well, yeah, I, so I, I would love that for you. I would love to, you know, hear that you guys uh, could be on Cruel uh, World for next year. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But yeah, we do need we do need to play. We were talking to somebody about maybe doing a mini tour of Italy, uh, which would be nice. Uh, yeah. We'd like to do something. We'd like to do something in in the U.S. Just a short, uh, just a short tour, just to kind of get our feet wet, kind of thing, uh, or maybe on the back of somebody else. Uh, yeah. Another another current goth post punk band. That's you know a lot more popular than us. We'd be happy to just to kind of tag along as a support Please group support, for that. Sure. That would be cool. Um, and then yeah, maybe knock out some some new videos as well for the for the new album. Yeah. Um, but I think that yeah, that's it. I think it's just uh, to to me, it's just important to keep doing the creative process. And I just love the writing. Even though I get to the end, it's like oh man, I've had enough. You know, it, it, give it two days, and I'm you know, and I'm back, and I'm right. back to it. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I, I have the, the the. I think the most fortunate thing I feel about this is I don't have to rely on it. You know, I, lo- I know a lot of bands, they're together, and it's like, we've got to play, we've got to tour, we- this is what we do, it's our full-time gig. I think if I did this full-time, I don't know if I would love it so much. Uh, I'm in a very, I'm in a really fortunate position that uh, I, uh, my career is super, I was gonna say super, super solid, touch wood. It is, <laughs> who, who knows what could happen next week. But, I, and I can do this, I do this for pleasure. And if I, as long as I can do this for pleasure, I love doing it. I think if I had to rely on it, um, I don't know. I think I'd get, a, I'd get frustrated a lot more e- easily. It's a different um, kind of pressure, for sure. Exactly, exactly. And I wanna be able to do this because I love doing it. And if my if career can support doing this, then that's all I can ask for. And I mean, you, you get in your head when it's that way, when, look, this is uh, to get money for my family and things like that. Do you maybe smooth some of the edges off or not take some of the chances that you would have because you have to think about, I need to make sure that this reaches a certain level of popularity, whereas it gives you more artistic freedom when kind of, like you said, you're doing this for you because you want to, you hope people are interested and into it, but this isn't your primary uh, goal in writing a song is to get one that's popular. Yeah, and and uh, to to go on from that, like for example, if we if we uh, produce an, a vinyl album mm-hmm. uh, and try and sell it on Bandcamp for one of our albums, it, I I end up in a loss, you know. Sure. Be, but I want it to be 
the best prod physical product it can be and someone get a real kick out of it yeah. and you know so i'd rather do that and make it better vinyl better printing you know and it, you know hopefully we even break even but that doesn't normally happen either so as long you know so it's more about and if we had to do this for real for like a job then you know it just wouldn't be the same sure sure okay so uh we are now going to get to the point where uh i ask you what is the song off the new album that you'd like to spin out to to share with people that you think really epitomizes the black angel sound on this uh new album Good question. Is it just a song or is it going to be the video? Sure, you could do uh, if you do one that's a video, we will play the video. If you do one that's just the song, we will just play the song. So I'd say look me in the eye because we we recently finished the video and mm -hmm. I was really I was really pleased with it. I think for the for the limited budget we had, uh, I think we did I think we did okay. I think we did all right. We in fact, this was the first video where I've I've actually kind of cast people. Actually, it's not the first time, but this time we had a slightly bigger cast, and I we we had we had a, a female. I wanted a female drummer for for the mm -hmm. video to, and we I found a really great uh, person for for the part, and I didn't think they were going to be available, so I reached out to somebody else, say, hey, you know, do you think you could do it? And then of course I get an email from the original person who says, yeah, I can do it now, and I'm like, well, what what do I do? So I had to go out and buy another drum kit. So we could have two drum kits in this in this video. So um, yeah, I, I just love people to see. It. I think production value is a lot higher. Andrew Giordano, who was uh, the cameraman and DP, he was in it. The girls that were in it were great: Lily Tran, Brittany, Anna, and uh, I'm going to remember the fourth one by the time by the time we we get to the end. Um, and yeah, and, and of course Corey and Corey did a fantastic job too. And you know, yeah. I, I read it. Oh, Tiger Lapis. She was the fourth. There it is. See, you uh, knew you were going to uh, get that right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's the one. Look, look me in the eye, which is one of our new singles and videos. Wonderful. Well, uh, from us here at Sounds and Shadows, this has been the interview with Black Angel, and this is their brand new video, Look Me in the Eye. For all of you out there, I'd like to wish you a happy World Goth Day. Keep it dark, y'all.